up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. My name is Will Brinson. I am the host of the CBS Sports' CBS Sports's daily NFL podcast. Uh, we are continuing to roll right through our rankings edition of the pod. Um, uh, two days ago, we had, uh, I think, uh, what did we have? Two days ago, we had a former NFL offensive lineman, Jeff Schwartz, to do offensive line rankings. Yesterday, we had former NFL defensive back, Brian McFadden, to do defensive back rankings. And today, we have former... NFL pass rusher, Ryan Wilson. What's up? You're not a, no, no. Can you imagine Jeff Schwartz, B-Mac, Ryan Wilson? I will say this, uh, last, and I think we're doing this, this Labor Day as well, but last Labor Day, I flew down to be a fill-in on the fantasy football extravaganza <laughs> season opener panel. And you and Dave Richard were hosting and, and Dave actually asked me a question. Or maybe I had a question from the phone because people were actually phoning in. It was a phone bank. You were having to answer fantasy football questions. That's right. And uh, everyone knows I'm not a fantasy football expert, but they they hauled me in because of my striking good looks. And Dave asked me a question, and I actually made the joke that, yes, I I currently don't play football because we were sitting around with a lot of football players. Lindell White was there. Um, uh, Denard Robinson was there. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor was there. I asked Fred Taylor, by the way, uh, who catches more grief? David Garrard or uh, Blake Bortles? He goes, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. But anyway, Dave Richards said, uh, you know, I said to Dave Richards in answering the question, I'm not a current football player, but I did make it through one training camp before I got cut. And Chris Hassel, the the world's best host, anchor at CBS Sports HQ, said to me afterwards when I when I was introduced to him for the first time, he goes, hey, you really did play football? I was yeah. like, no. Yeah, you think I played an NFL you think I made it to an NFL training camp, Hassel? Are you are you are yeah. you on drugs, pal? Are you uh, are you clowning me, Chris Hassel? Seriously. Anyway, so that's my lasting memory and my closest uh, ever to coming to, to becoming an NFL football player. So, uh, apologies to Jeff Schwartz and B Mac, but yeah, here I am. No, it's perfectly fine. Um, I'm sure that you will have uh, you will have information that will shock me, just like Jeff and uh, and, and B Mac. Really quickly, Julio Jones. Just a couple of news items. Not a lot going on right now in the NFL. Waiting on training camps in the next like eight days, seven days, whatever it is, uh, before the Broncos fire up. Julio Jones is taking Arthur Blank's word for it, Ryan, that his new contract will get done and he's not planning to hold out. Buy or sell Arthur Blank's word. Well, yeah. So Julio said this this week. He said it last month when asked about his contract situation. Last year he skipped some time. I'm not sure if he skipped training camp last year. I can't remember, but I think he skipped some of the mandatory he did, workouts. He did scrub his uh, Falcons all That's Falcons right. items from his Instagram, as you this, I think wrote about. This time around, he didn't show up for voluntary workouts. Who cares? He was there for mandatory workouts. He expects to be there for training camp. And he said that Arthur Blank uh, assured both him and Grady Jarrett, who was on the franchise tag. Uh, that they will get paid. Arthur Blank said that both those guys will be Falcons for life if he has anything to do with it. I, I'm not worried about it. Currently, and tell me if you know the answer to this, where does Julio Jones rank in terms of average salary among all wide receivers? Oh, um, off the top of my head, I would guess that he is. You seem to be looking at something. No, no, no. I'm looking at an NFL.com. Todd Gurley gives update. No need. I'm not, I haven't looked at Julio. I'm just guessing. Um, I will say that he is sixth on all wide receivers. Twelfth. Guess Twelfth? who? What? Guess, guess who was just behind him at number thirteen? Uh, some rookie. Allen Robinson. Oh my God! So Allen Robinson and Julio Jones are mentioned in the same breath in terms of that's. I think it's twelve point five million, something like that's what Julio's making this year. Which is look, that ain't peanuts. But when uh, Odell's making eighteen, well, when. 
Sammy Watkins is making 16 and Jarvis Landry is making 15. You hate, you hate Sammy Watkins, by the way. I, I just think that like Sammy, okay, Sammy Watkins has one career thousand yard season. Julio Jones has hurt, played in terrible teams. Julio Jones has averaged 1,598 yards the last five years. He plays on very good football teams. I will say this. Julio signed a $71 million deal, uh, in the 2015 season. And he got, I mean, he made $71 million. Like he's rich beyond his wildest dreams. I think they readjusted his salary last year. They tweaked a little bit, right? They did. Uh, as I wrote yesterday, Thomas Dimitrov went out back and shook the salary cap tree, shaked a few, shook a few bucks loose, got Julio Jones some more money. But when he signed the $71 million deal, um, remember it was basically the same, I think, as what AJ Green did. AJ Green got 60 million, a little bit less, a little bit more per year, less total on his contract. Um, Julio got 47 million guaranteed. If he had, if he had tried to push the envelope on getting really paid, he could have, he could have held on and gotten more. We've just seen the market jump. But if I'm Julio, I'm furious because Antonio Brown's gotten paid twice. Odell Beckham might get paid again by the Browns. Like these guys have all gotten paid multiple times. I, I'm making less than Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry, AJ Green, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. I want, I want my money if I'm Julio. Um, what would you do if you're the Falcons? Would you give him just, uh, would you give him like, 95 million? What does that work out annually? What are you thinking? Well, that's the thing. So he has, Julio has, I believe, um, two years left on his deal. Right now, he has 2019 and 2020 left on his deal. Uh, his cap numbers are 13.46 and 12.82. They can't save any money by cutting him. So, would you give him a three-year extension added onto the two years? Would you yeah. give him right? I mean, that's what they gave. Uh, what's his face, Antonio Brown in Oakland? Yeah. So, if you're thinking, if you're looking at a situation where, and he ain't the headache that Antonio Brown is yeah. and is going to be. So, if he's got 26 million. In money, in money left on his deal, how much would you give him on the three years? Cause he's going to. Antonio on the three years. Uh, 50 million? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's what you have to pay him. Yeah. So, it doesn't uh, have to be guaranteed. No. Uh, the only concern if you're, if you're worried about Julio is that he's 30, like Odell and Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins are all in the, Younger. in the prime. Yeah. So maybe that's a concern. I would pay him and not, I'd give him a three year deal that blows his mind and say, uh, you're going to be a Falcon for the rest of your life. And if you want to keep playing after the age of 34. The rest of your life ends at 33, by the way. That should be written but, at the top of the contract. But Julio seemed last time he was willing to take more money up front. So he might be willing to do that again where you have like, you have a situation where in the final two years of the deal, you could cut him if you need to. Not that you're going to want to, but if what if he, what if he falls off a cliff, right? Yeah. I mean, unless he literally falls off a cliff, he's going to be really good for the next few years. Um, Todd Gurley sat down on a Tuesday night at the Gatorade Player of the Year ceremony with uh, Omar Ruiz of the NFL Network. I don't know if you saw Todd Gurley's outfit. It looks like he's wearing women's pajamas. Uh, it, looks, it looks skinnier, too. Asked about his knee. He said, it's good, man. It's good. I'm mm. just like, hey, we're going to get find out in training camp. You know, once training camp comes, you got the preseason, but you don't have a lot in preseason. Um, asked uh, if he changed the plan, if he plans to change his, if he plans to change his playing style, Gurley said, no, man, for me, I've been doing this my whole life, so it would be hard for me to even try to change my style of play. That's not even me. I don't even know how to describe my game. I'm just going to keep doing what I can do until I can't do it no more. That's why we play this sport, but I've been feeling good. I'm definitely not going to change anything. I'm going to come with that same mindset, like third and one, fourth and one. I'm going to try and go get it, so I'm just excited. Buy or sell 
Todd Gurley is going to be healthy. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sold that he's going to be healthy the whole time. He should give that answer every time someone asks. That exact same answer works for it every time. In fact, he should say it on his phone and just play his phone because that's all he's going to get asked about. So they have Malcolm Brown. They drafted um, Daryl Henderson in the third round. They have contingency plans. They're not going to give him the ball 30 times a game. So he ain't going to be the same player. And it's too bad for Todd Gurley and it's too bad for the Rams. But I think, again, the overarching storyline is that you don't pay running backs. And this is terrible news for Zeke Elliott. It really is, especially with his late suspension stuff. Like, I know um, Dan Graziano, we talked about this on the podcast, like, would you pay Zeke Elliott? There's a good chance that Zeke Elliott doesn't get paid by the Cowboys ever and that they just DeMarco Murray him, franchise tag him twice, and let him run him into the ground and then let him hit free agency. I told – I was on HQ the other day. I told – Our 24-7 streaming sports network. It's free. Apple, Roku. This is uh, required plug. Sorry, right? Apple, no, Roku, okay. PlayStation, wherever, Xbox, Ryan's house, wherever you want to watch it. Yeah, Ryan's house. Gotta watch it on the old school tube television. Uh, I would pay Jalen Smith before I pay Zeke Elliott. That's what I said. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I thought that was pretty controversial, apparently. No, it's a bold statement, but I mean, I would, I would pay the explosive linebacker who seems to have recovered from injury well before I paid the running back who's led the league in rushing yards two out of his. They just seasons. paid Demarcus Lawrence. They gotta pay Dak. They gotta pay, uh, Amari. They gotta pay, Byron Jones, I think Zeke's near the bottom of that list. If you pay all those guys on defense and you keep those guys around and you keep your offensive line and you draft a David Montgomery type in the third round of the next year's draft, you can – look, done, Zeke, done. Zeke is special, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, there's just a, a – like, he's replaceable. I mean, yeah. With someone who makes less than a million dollars yeah. a year, absolutely. Um, according to NFL Network – I love, um, and I don't want to bash anybody who works for NFL Media or NFL Network. Uh, Noah Kozlov on HQ accused me of, um, of, of being too, uh, being too nice when I did a sports line hit. I was like, I was, I was, uh, qualifying everything. I was like, like said something mean about somebody. I was like, now look, like, I was like, the Chiefs are a good bet to miss the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. You learned your lesson with Mike Lennon. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, but, uh, according to Tom Pelissero, NFL investigators have had full access to the full audio recording of Tyreek Hill and his fiance for months. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it's like NFL network gets the scoop on the NFL investigators. I mean, they were just acting like they're not in bed together. You know, it's like you work for the same people. Um, the new audio in question centers on Hill and this is aired by KCSP AM. Um, of the conversation, the audio in question centers on Hill and Espinal discussing the 2014 incident that led to Hill pleading guilty to the domestic assault and battery by strangulation. In the audio, Hill is heard denying his role in the altercation. Buy or sell the idea that Tyreek Hill could miss zero games, Ryan? Oh, boy. That is going to be a poop storm for Roger Goodell if that's what happens. There's no uh, way he lets that happen. Some college kid, I can't remember where, just was suspended one game for some domestic off-field incidents, and the, someone tweeted this, and it's a good point. Anytime you suspend someone one game for something that's domestic uh, abuse-related, you're basically saying, I don't care. That so is that is correct. If Roger Goodell has learned anything from Ray Rice, from Kareem Hunt, from any all these issues that they've had, it better be something along the lines of Tyreek Hill, if guilty in the eyes of the NFL, needs to be punished. So we'll see what happens. The Chiefs clearly aren't are very concerned. They drafted Mikael Hardman in the second round, who is uh, basically a, a Tyreek Hill clone on the field. So we'll see. But anything Roger Goodell does, none of that surprises me. He's he's done a number of things 
And, you know, you're surprised the first 50 times, but at some point you have to sort of be like, okay, well, let's see what happens because literally no one knows. They need to go to Tyreek Hill and say, listen, we will suspend you either four or six games, but you have to agree to not appeal. And if you appeal, if if you're trying to appeal, we're going to suspend you eight games or ten games. And then we're going to play these audio clips and be like, wait a second. What he did, I think, I I don't, they didn't have video of Tariq Hill, right? There's no video. There is audio. um, So we've heard what he said. Rich Hill is, is, quote, heard administering threats to his fiance and discussing using a belt to discipline his son. I don't know if what he did is worse than Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt was on video. But I mean, I think he called his girl a B and threatened to like choke her out. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, and you want to be the person standing up saying, well, this is clearly not as bad as that, and here's why. There's no proof. We gave him two games. It's like this happened with Ray. Because here's here's my logic on this, Ryan. And look, you're right. Roger Goodell could err on the side of stupidity and have it all blow up in his face, but it's the hundredth year. It's I think they looked – I think the NFL looked at this and said, okay – this case is not going to proceed fast enough for the start of the season. If we don't, if we wait around for the courts to deal with this, we are going to be sitting on Tyreek Hill playing week one in a primetime game that everybody's watching. I think it's a primetime game because the Chiefs are playing. Um, and they are going, like people are, that's all people are going to be asking about. Instead of asking, Hey, how is the hundredth year anniversary working out for the like, Why is Tyreek Hill in the field? And if you spend him two games, people would be like, he beat his kid and he threatened to choke his wife to death and you suspended him two games and they're going to play the audio like they did with Ray Rice. So instead just bang him with six games or four games or eight games or whatever you want to do. People will be like, that's pretty harsh, but you know what? This was terrible and they'll move on. If Roger Goodell has any sense about him whatsoever, he will do that. But as we point out, he might not have any sense. Um, all right. Uh, let's take, oh, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a peak offseason, peak July. Jimmy Garoppolo says he's quote, good to go for the 49ers camp. Buy or sell Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 games. Yeah. I mean, that injury was a freak injury. It was, uh, sure. non-contact ACL, as you know. I won't finish that sentence. No, but it's been a while. So that was in September. So that's, that's been, uh, oh Lord, I killed Brinson. Good. Congratulations. You got me on an ACL joke finally. Yeah, finally. So last September, he, he should be 100% by the time, uh, or he's close to 100%. I think the, the only issue will be above the neck. So mentally, is he okay with his knee? I don't know if he's going to wear a brace. I'm sure he will. He should be fine. He, uh, has, he is critical to that team not being terrible, by the way. And then as much as I love Shanahan as their coach, you're gonna have to start asking some questions. If that team wins three games. Oh, that team wins three games. I think everybody's at least one of the guys. Uh, whether it's um, it's either Lynch. it's either Shanahan or uh, or um, Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch. Somebody's getting fired if that team wins three games. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll rank our top edge rushers for 2019. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so we have a multiple list on the site, Ryan. I, I think we're – did you do edge and defensive tackles in the same breath? Is that what that was, same post? Is that what that was, defensive lineman yep. basically? Oh, that's how much we think of these guys. <laughs> we put them together. Okay, well, well, um, let's run through very quickly. What, what, uh, what should we spend more time on? One of them we're going to run through really quickly. Let's spend more time on the edge rushers because I think they're more interesting. People All right, well, these, these defensive tackles are, are pretty – they're pretty, I mean, it's pretty damn All right. Good. So I, let, let me just set this up. Okay. Was, just, just, no. and just to be clear, you didn't, so like Brian McFadden did a blended safety cornerback list. You did two lists, right? Right. Okay. Um, 20 names. 20 total names uh, on one big list. I do the, uh, defensive tackles one to 10 or 10 to one countdown. And then I do another list of the edge rushers. Same post. All right. Screw it. Let's is, do this. This is the, not my votes. These are the consensus among 11 cbssports.com. Writers and editors, including yourself, Wilbrunson. Give me ten, nine, eight for defensive tackles, and I'll tell you what my list was, and we'll haggle about them, and you can point out where you think the consensus was wrong. All right, the consensus list. I'm doing the consensus list on my list. Yes. Um, there was a tie at number ten, Grady Jarrett and Cam Hayward. Mm. Number nine, Kenny Clark out of Green Bay. Mm. Number eight, DeForest Buckner. Uh, oh. for the last five years, they've drafted defensive linemen, DeForest Buckner, and hopefully, uh, Nick Bosa will be the the two home runs. Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead haven't quite been as good, but DeForest Buckner had a huge year last year. Mm. Uh, hold on, Jarrell hold on. Casey, oh, oh, what's let's, that? Let's just discuss those real quick. Uh, uh, the Jarrell Casey is number what, five or six? He is number seven, and he okay. is, in my mind, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. I, I agree. All right, no, no, sorry. Give me number six, too. Gino, I'm 31 years old, Atkins. All right, all right, interesting. Okay, so I had – um. So you said Ty was Cameron Hayward and Grady Jarrett. I had Jarrett at eight, Geno okay. Atkins at nine, and Cameron Hayward at ten. Probably disrespectful to Geno Atkins, but he is a little bit older. Um, I had uh, uh, Kenny Clark at seven, Akeem Hicks at six, and Jarrell Casey at five. I actually yeah, didn't, nice. Yeah, I didn't have def- uh, Casey is he plays in Tennessee, and we said this on the previous podcast about how Nashville is a great town, but just not a great NFL town for some reason. In case he doesn't like, he gets sacks in the position, but not, I mean, not a ton, not enough to where, you know, people are talking about him like Aaron Donald or. Right. He's averaged six sacks since 2015. Aaron Donald has a lot. Average like 20. Yes. A season. Um, it's pretty remarkable how we've seen this shift too. I think like look at Geno Atkins and Casey and Grady Jarrett now sort of Casey's not as much an undersized defensive tackle, but like. Aaron Donald, Fletcher, I mean, Fletcher Cox, not undersized, but like these guys have become so important to the modern NFL where you can get pressure on the interior and then you can sort of manufacture edge rushers if you need to. I mean, we see a lot of teams that aren't as concerned necessarily, um, with having the traditional edge rushing presence. Hey, well, the big PFF thing now is cornerbacks are more important than edge rushers. Right. And, and so, but you can do cornerbacks and interior pass rushers, which a lot of these teams have. Um, who else is, uh, in the top five? Number five, Akeem Hicks, who, um, PFF had him at number four, actually, among all defensive tackles. Number four, Chris Jones. Chris Jones had 15 and a half sacks last year. He's just turned 25. No one's really talking about him. Number three, James, Jimmy, Walt, Watt. I don't know what JJ stands for. Do we know what JJ stands for? Uh, 
Justin James, I think. Oh, I like James Jimmy Watt. It's a very, um, very so cowboy he, name. Justin, yeah. Justin James Watt. That is a cowboy name. He had 16 sacks last year, and the two previous years when he was injured, and we were all like, okay, this dude's done. Is he going to retire? Is he ever going to return to form? Yeah, he returned to form. Yeah. Number two, Fletcher Cox, who would be number one on any other planet. And number one, Aaron Donald, 20.5 sacks last year. That um, I had uh, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, J.J. Watt, and Chris Jones as my top four on my personal list. It looks like that you had um, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones, J.J. Watt as your top four. So pretty a fairly decent consensus in terms of those top four. Some people, R.J. White moved um, J.J. all the way down to number five, I think, and had Geno Atkins a little bit higher, which is you know, it's fine, whatever. Disrespectful. Um, I just think the upside that J.J. Watt brings, if he is completely healthy, and I don't know how much longer he's going to play, uh, but but the upside that he brings to me is is worth including him uh, all the way at the top because he is truly – he's a – like the the top three guys there, Aaron Donald for me, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, and J.J. Watt, I, I think are already Hall of Famers. Hall of Flamers, too. Hall of Flamers, yeah. Maybe Fletcher Cox isn't a Hall of Famer yet. J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, if they quit right now, would be in the Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Yeah, Aaron Donald was uh, the only unanimous selection uh, on this on this list. Yeah, and that's a no-brainer. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football right now, and um, he has made four straight All-Pro teams, four straight Pro Bowls. He has averaged for his career, averaged as a defensive tackle, 11.9 sacks per season. That is 2.6 forced fumbles, 1.8 passes deflected, 0.8 fumble recoveries. It's ridiculous. He had 20.5 sacks last year. 20.5 sacks. Which is almost double the year before when he had 11. So I don't know what happened to him last year. I guess getting paid uh, was was in his and the Rams' best interest. No kidding. Um, all right. That, anything, anybody else you want to touch on? on uh, uh, just – Looking ahead, Quentin Williams, Ed Oliver, we'll see if they end up with this list next year, but they drew comparisons to Aaron Donald. They are not Aaron Donald. So, um, Quentin's in New York with the Jets. Uh, Ed's in New York with the Bills. So we'll see. Uh, a couple other guys too who received votes, but did not make the top 10. Kawan Short, uh, JLC had him as, as like his fifth, fifth highest guy. Um, interesting. Um, multiple votes for Damon Harrison. Who was a top three guy according to PFF. Yeah. And if you're talking about run stuffing, I think absolutely he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. He's not as dynamic, uh, but he might be the best run stuffer in the league. Sheldon Rankins got one vote. That's a good call. Um, and, uh, Jerron Reed got a vote as well. So, uh, those are the guys, a couple of guys who completely missed the list that, that are bigger names. You mentioned Ed Oliver, Quentin Williams, also Leonard Williams. Um, and, uh, and Dominican Sue did not make it, uh, as well. So, uh, those are some notable defensive tackles. On to the edge rushers. Who was, uh, 10 through 8 on edge? Number 10, Frank Clark traded to the Chiefs. So he and Chris Jones are going to team up. That's actually a scary proposition. Daniel Hunter, 24 years old. Uh, had 14 and a half sacks last season, just signed a five year, 72 million deal, uh, de- million dollar deal last summer. He is amazing. Uh, number eight, Jadavian Clowney, who, uh, has only a week left to sign a long term deal. I don't know if that's happening. Number seven, Joey Bosa, who was injured for a little bit last year, but, uh, his first few years, he was lights out. Number six, Demarcus Lawrence just signed all. Joey Bosa was seven? Yeah. That's preposterous. How did he get ranked that low? 
Prisco gave him a, Prisco ranked him number nine. Cody yeah, ten and a half sacks as a rookie, twelve and a half in the year two, only five and a half last year because he missed nine games with the with I think the foot injury. Well, if he's healthy this year, I, I had him at number two. Yeah, if he's healthy, but okay, we'll see. That that that's been an issue that plagues the Bosa family. He's twenty three years old. It's absurd that he is that low. Sean Wagner McGuff is twenty six. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> it does not matter to me at all. Sean, and number six is uh, speaking of number six, Demarcus Lawrence. So that's the top five. Uh, the bottom, the bottom five. five. Okay, I had. Um, Frank Clark, 10, Jadavion Clowney, 9. Clowney's, it's weird how he's gone from being like the ultimate overrated, um, guy who has the big hit in college to being an underrated guy who's fantastic against the run and sort of the second wheel for the, for the Texans. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, Ryan, what do you think, uh, back to buy or sell? Do you think buy or sell Jadavion Clowney starts week one for the Texans? He ain't holding out. Is that his plan to hold out? Maybe. He's not coming to training camp. He's on the franchise tag. They, they're not going to, he's got Bus Cook as his agent, so they're not going to pay him what he wants to get paid. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't, uh, know how far, how far down the road that was. The thing is, that's the least of the Texans issues. They got to sort out this offensive line. <laughs> and, um, we didn't talk about Duke Johnson, but he fired his agent. Um, yep. You know, his agent's married to, right? No. Luther Campbell of Two Live Crew. Kristen Campbell. Oh, was. that's right. Because, um, Luther came out and blasted it. Cause I was talking to Mary Kay Cabot on this podcast. I was like, yeah. I was like, Mary Kay, did you ever anticipate, um, <laughs> covering a story in June that involved the former lead singer of Two Live Crew bitching about, uh, you know, the, the Browns refusing to trade a backup running back? And she was like, no, when you say it that way, or like bitching about on Twitter. Like tweeting about yeah. it, like Luther. He actually Campbell, called out Baker Mayfield. He told him to. He may have said "f you" or "shut yeah. your f and mouth" or something. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, it's, the point is, like, can you imagine going to journalism school and then and being told you're going to cover two live crews' former lead singer tweeting at the Browns' quarterback that he needs to shut his bleeping mouth when he's talking about the backup running back who wants a trade? Like, I mentioned Duke Johnson because that's another issue. I mean, the Texans need a running back, and Duke Johnson could be a potential landing spot there. So they have a lot of things to figure out. In the next few weeks, I think Clowney not being there, I didn't think about till you just mentioned it. Even if he's not, I think they can get by for a few weeks, especially if JJ Watt's healthy. That defense is actually pretty good, but there's so many other issues on the other side of the ball. Oh, and oh, by the way, they don't have a general manager, so they got to sort that out. That's a great point. They don't have a general manager. This is sort of a time of the year when you would like to have a general manager. Thought it was interesting. Um, I mentioned uh, I was doing those props on Sportsline, uh, seven to eight p.m. I believe six to seven p.m. Six to seven p.m. Seven to eight. Every night, it's on HQ. You should watch it. It's great. Um, and uh, we were doing make or miss the playoff props. Do you know what the Houston Texans number is? If you had to guess, like, what do you think? It's like, so the Colts, for instance, will the Colts make the playoffs? Yes, minus 180. Shocking. And uh, no, plus 150. What do you think the Texans are? Uh, one Minus 120? To miss or make? Uh, to, to make. The Colt, the Texans are minus 180 to miss the playoffs in Vegas and plus 150 to make the playoffs. What? Yeah. Oh, Vegas, no one likes them, huh? Vegas does not like the Texans. It's a little, it's a little surprising. I'm trying to find a re- reasonable comp, but like the Cowboys are plus 105 to make. Just so much, uh, self-inflicted nonsense in, in that organization. Mm, indeed it is. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's worth watching. I, I guess how- it makes sense that Jadavian Clowney is holding out.
Exactly. At number eight, I had Calais Campbell. Number seven, Daniil Hunter, who is on a ridiculous and absurd contract, but is still super young. Although I think it's worth noting with the Vikings that they really need Daniel Hunter still, uh, just, uh, 24. He'll turn 25 in October. I had 14 and a half sacks last season. They need Everett, uh, Everson Griffin there too, though, and to be like mentally stable and healthy and on the field for them to really have that defense take it to the next level. So that's a, that, that is something to watch when you talk about where Daniel Hunter ranks. Cameron Jordan is, uh, is an interesting guy that I had. Did we mention him yet or? Nope. Not on the, not. Uh... He didn't even make the top 10. Yeah. No, he did. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, give me the top five then. Number five, Clay Campbell, Clay Campbell, according to the consensus. Number four, Miles Garrett pick I like a lot. I think he could go off this year. Cam Jordan's number three. He was part of that 2011 draft class. I had like 13 guys that were defensive tackles, edge rushers going round one. Number two, Khalil Mack. Sure. Number one, Bon Miller. Yeah, I think the uh, if you're going to nitpick at the top there, maybe you put Khalil Mack over Vaughn. I'll, I'll take Vaughn all day over Khalil Mack. I think Let me point this out. I wrote this a few days before it was published, and I think some people went back and changed their vote. They were actually tied, <clears throat> excuse me, tied at the top. In terms of total votes, but they weren't tied when I made the list. So I think Von Von just edged out Khalil Mack. Um, according to the advanced metrics, they like Von Miller better as a pass rusher, Khalil better as a run defender. And there were some other stats that I had here about these two. Let me see. I wrote them down somewhere. Um, wow, Dubin and, Dubin had Khalil Mack one, Calais Campbell two, Cameron Jordan three, Von Miller four. What are you doing, Dubin? Come on, hold yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, so Vaughn had six first place votes. Khalil had five first place votes. So they were neck and neck. Yeah, they finished tied once all these jabronis changed their votes. And Khalil played two fewer games, worth pointing out. So he wasn't healthy the entire time. Vaughn, I think, played all the games. But Khalil had four pass uh, defended, six forced fumbles, interception, and a touchdown. I think the interception came on that touchdown. I think that was a pick six. Vaughn had 14 and a half sacks, three passes defended, an interception, and four forced fumbles. I mean, it's half a dozen to one. Right. And Khalil Mack, too, like, don't sleep on the fact that because he was traded, he got more buzz. You know what I mean? Like, they basically had the same season, but Khalil Mack was – every time Khalil Mack did something, it's like, look at the Raiders and laugh. Ah! Well, every time he did something and every time John Gruden had to hold a press conference and, and say after the game, you know what we really need? A pass rush. That is correct. Um, on those middle guys, I would say, like I said, I had Joey Bosa a lot higher, maybe a little too high. I put him above Cleo Mack. I could Joey Bosa or Miles Garrett? Who are you taking? For this year? For your team as your edge rusher. I had Demarcus Lawrence four and then Miles Garrett five, but I mean, okay. uh, Miles, did you see that video of him doing the, um, the box jumps with the 40 pound weights in each hand? He's like, <laughs> he's like jumping six feet in the air and landing on a box, like three feet in the air and landing on a box while holding two giant weights. Um, 13 and a half sacks in his, in his age 20, he is still just 23, won't even turn 24 until December of, of, uh, of 2019. 13 and a half sacks last year, and people have said that, uh, that, um, Greg Williams didn't even let him completely loose. So yeah, I, I would have no problem if somebody was like, I think Miles Garrett will be number one on this list next year. It's, uh, it's entirely, it's entirely possible. He's a, he's an absolute beast. So, Sure, I'll I'll take Joey Bosa because I'm biased towards the Chargers, but I got no problem with Miles Garrett. By the way, quickly, you were mentioning Daniel Hunter and, and Everson Griffin and, and the defensive side of the ball. Dan Orlovsky, uh, who's at ESPN now, the former um, Lions quarterback, tweeted this out on Monday, and it actually blew my mind because we like to make fun of Kirby Cousins. Yeah, 
because he's a replacement-level quarterback. So here's what he tweeted out. He said, Kirk Cousins took way too much blame for the Vikings' struggles last year. He said he wants to take the next step to win. And Orlowski looked at his third downs. They were 26 in the NFL on third down conversion. But 34 times it was 36 or less, and the pocket was clean. And every single time, uh, Kirk Cousins made the right choice in terms of where the ball was supposed to go according to the play call. And every single time, 34 times, they did not convert the first down. How? Who's So who's the play call calling? better plays is what Dan Orlowski was saying. So Kirk Cousins executed the play as it was supposed to be called. 34 times they did not convert because the ball came up short of the sticks or the receiver dropped it or whatever. But Cousins actually made the right decision. That that blew me away. Did um, What does this have to do with um, edge rushers? You were mentioning Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin <laughs> in terms of making the Vikings better, and it reminded me of this tweet. So they have to be better on the other side of the ball too. So it has nothing to do with edge rushers per se, but it has to do with the, the Vikings getting over the hump and not being, I think, 8-7-1 and one or whatever they were. Chargers-Vikings Super Bowl. That's my prediction right now. Kirby Cousins all the way. Kirby Cousins versus Philip Rivers. Someone has to win a big game around here. Um, all right. That's, uh, that's our edge rushers list. Anybody, uh, let's see. Anybody else that was notable that was maybe left off? I think you ranked Chandler Jones was the, really the only guy who got votes just outside the top 10. Trey Flowers too. Uh, got votes from you, RJ White and Jason Lockenfora. Yeah. Chandler Jones got a bunch of Chandler Jones is kind of weird because he has incredible stats and it's just nobody. I don't know. Nobody really gave him a ton of votes. Uh, Chris Trapasso. Uh, gave, uh, oh, come on, Trapasso. Jerry Hughes was his fifth ranked or sixth ranked guy. Come on. I man. think that, uh, RJ gave Jerry Hughes a vote too. Hey, yeah, yeah. Trapasso and, and RJ, two Bills fans, gave Jerry Two-run Hughes fans. big votes. TJ Watt got one vote from, um, not even from me. Cody Benjamin and, uh, D Ford also got a vote from RJ White. So those are your honorable mention guys, you know, right along the edge too. I mean, we mentioned Everson Griffin, Melvin Ingram. Um, Olivier Vernon, Nick Bosa could put his name in the, in the, in the hat this year. Brandon Graham, Ziggy Ansa, Yannick Ngakwe didn't get a single vote, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Justin Houston, no votes either. So those are your, and Carlos Dunlap, um, guys who are, are on the edge here. Maybe Derek Barnett could, could work his way in. Cleveland Farrell, a rookie. Marcus Davenport, a second year player who could potentially see his name mentioned there as well, uh, next year. And of course, John Breach, who hasn't worked in three months. Didn't vote I mean, he had didn't vote in one of these top 100s. Hasn't on his top 100 list. Hasn't worked. And he, what's he gonna, he's back. Today is, um, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday is, uh, is, is when you'll hear this. But John Breach back finally on Wednesday after a. Still celebrating the Women's World Cup. How drunk do you think he still is? On a scale, Oh, on yeah. A scale. No, he's, he's had, he is both drunk and hungover at the same time. <laughs> It's a good way to go through life, son. All right, Ryan Wilson, thanks as always. Uh, we will talk to you soon, my friend.